My story is short, but I think it's worth telling. I've done my share of babysitting back when I was in high school, down in San Diego, California to be more specific. You'd be surprised how well a good babysitter could do. However, strange things did happen to me, things that might be difficult to explain and even harder to believe. You know how it is when you work with children, sometimes in big, old houses. There's one particular experience that terrified me. It still gives me the chills every time I tell it. It doesn't matter how many times I re and retell it. Some people don't like sharing their paranormal stories, but I will gladly tell you mine. Out of all the children I babysat, amongst my favorites were three kids from a Filipino family. One boy and two girls. I only watched them when their regular babysitter couldn't do it. I never met her, but I think she was also Filipino. The children were some of the nicest kids I've ever met. Maybe that's why I cared so dearly for them, for their well-being. I learned that their customs were different. I taught them a little bit of Mexican culture so that they could get to know me as well. I used to teach them some Spanish words too. The boy was about eight years old back then. He used to sleep in the bedroom downstairs. He had two sisters, the oldest being 10 and the younger one was three. The girls shared a room upstairs next to their parents' bedroom. One night, the boy called out for me all freaked out. It was about 9 p.m. They had all just gone to their rooms to sleep. I went and checked on the boy. I found him pretty shook up. I mean, he was literally shaking. He couldn't even form a sentence. All he said to me was, Bruja! Bruja! He repeated as he pointed to the window. Hmm, interesting word choice, I thought. Bruja is the Spanish word for witch. The kind of witch that wears a pointy hat and rides a broom. By the way, I never taught him that word. I closed the curtain and asked him to go to sleep. I told him I would go outside and have a look. He begged me frantically not to do it, but I assured him it was nothing and that I had to go check it out. Before I left, he asked me to leave his door open. I smiled and did just that. <laughs> a witch, I thought, as I took one of his dad's golf clubs, you know, just in case. I went out to the yard and when I approached his window, just like you'd expect, there was nothing there. I checked the entire yard and everything was normal. However, when I came back, I noticed that the plants beneath his window were smooshed down. At that moment, I clenched the golf club with both hands. Something caught my eye and I looked up for a second, and I can describe to you what I saw for sure in that split second. I saw the figure of a woman clinging to the girl's bedroom window. Remember, the girl's bedroom is on the second floor. This lady was up there without any difficulty, just like a spider. In a matter of seconds, she crawled up towards the roof until I lost sight of her. Then a voice from behind caught my attention. It was an older woman from the house next door. She was at her window also staring up at the roof. She warned me not to go into the yard. She used a gentle but serious tone as if to give me an order. She didn't even look at me. Her gaze was fixed on the rooftop. 
I ran inside and the boy was at his bedroom door waiting for me. I told him everything was fine but to lock his bedroom window just to be safe. I went upstairs to the girls room and they were sound asleep. I locked their window too and closed the curtains. I didn't hear anything more after that. I tried to tell the parents that I saw something strange in the window. Before I could explain, the dad started cursing and blamed the quote, old witch lady that lives next door. He really blamed the woman next door. She was my only witness. My original plan was to have her verify my story, but that wasn't going to work now. I babysat those kids a few more times after that, and I never saw anything weird again. Even so, the first thing I did at sundown was to close all the curtains and lock all the windows without any fail. Most peculiar things tend to happen in the business of babysitting, incidents that might be worth sharing on this channel. Sometimes you come across the strangest characters other times people can be downright rude, but the people I'm going to tell you about today are on a whole different level. On that note, let me tell you what happened. One day I got an early phone call from a man. He inquired about my babysitting. Apparently he found my Facebook page. He asked a few questions then booked me for babysitting. Everything was quite normal up until that moment except that I would be watching two babies, a boy and a girl. We agreed that I would be at his house at 9 p.m. to babysit. The man was really nice on the phone. So I went to the address he gave me. I knocked on the door and a woman answered. She greeted me and invited me to come in. I waited in the living room until the man who called me came downstairs. They both explained to me that the baby's feeding time should revolve around their sleep schedule, all quite normal. I asked if I could see the babies, but they insisted that they were asleep in the nursery and the best thing would be not to wake them. They advised me to wait until I hear them cry, then go care for them. That was the instructions they gave me. Meanwhile, I could eat whatever I want in the kitchen or watch some TV. They gave me the Wi-Fi password and overall I felt pretty comfortable. They paid me in advance and said goodbye. When I heard the front door close, I sat down in the living room. I turned on the TV and put on a Netflix series. After about 30 minutes, I heard crying coming from the nursery. I got up from the couch and made my way upstairs. When I opened the door, nothing could prepare me for what I saw next. The nursery itself was perfectly painted. It was decorated with pastel, blue, and pink colors. There were the usual toys and other things that made it a beautiful nursery. Oddly enough, there were two huge cribs I haven't mentioned yet. Inside of the cribs was the man and the woman that hired me, dressed like babies. They had on some big old diapers complete with bonnets, socks, and pacifiers. They were lying in the fetal position, imitating a baby, crying. Their cries sounded just like those of a real baby. I froze for a few seconds and just stared at them. Then I booked it downstairs and got the hell out of that house. 
I don't know whether this was a very well elaborated prank or maybe some fetish. What I can say for sure is that the next day, I received a Facebook message. Guess who it was from? Yup, you guessed it. It was the adult baby man who hired me to babysit. In the message, he threatened to sue me for negligence for having left two babies alone all night. I blocked him immediately and set my social media accounts to private. Out of all the weirdos I've come across, these two people are the strangest I've ever met. When I was going to school in Santiago, I babysat on the weekends to help pay the bills. I can't say that I enjoyed it all that much. There were some kids that I got along with and even a few that I liked. The one I was most fond of was Elena. She was a beautiful little blonde girl. She was also the sweetest person I knew. I remember one day I arrived at her house. Her mother greeted me and told me that Elena was in her room. The mom was fixing dinner and asked me if I wanted to join them. I said yes, then she asked me to tell Elena to come down for supper. So I went upstairs toward her room. As I approached her door, I can hear that Elena sounded really amused with one of her friends. The last thing I wanted was to put a damper on their fun, so instead of knocking, I yelled through the door. I asked them to come downstairs for dinner. We're coming, replied her friend. I noticed that when she spoke to me, her tone, even her voice had changed. It sounded more adult. Then they started whispering to each other. I went downstairs somewhat confused. I noticed that the table was missing a place setting, so I offered to go get it. But the mom told me, no, we have enough plates. I asked her if Elena's friend was going to have dinner with us. What friend? She asked, chuckling. Elena came downstairs and looked at me with a creepy smile, almost mocking. Now curiosity was really killing me. After dinner, as soon as I had the chance, I went upstairs to check her room. Before I could take one step inside, I noticed a big doll about the same size as Elena. It was sitting down and facing out towards the door. This creepy doll belonged to Elena's mother. It was the only time I saw it out. Usually it's put away in a storage room full of old furniture and stuff. I never found out for sure what it was I heard that night. Elena swore to me that she wasn't talking to anybody. Every time she denied it, she had a big mischievous grin on her face. I never really considered myself a babysitter. It's not like I set out to become one either. But when I was a teenager, that was not necessarily the case. You see, my dad was divorced from my mom ever since I was a little girl. He used to pay me to take care of his new wife's son. In other words, his stepson. His new spouse is a nice lady and she's always treated me well. To tell you the truth, I had no problem getting along with her son, despite our age difference. I met him when I was 16, and he was only 4 years old. My turn to take care of him was on the weekends. Sometimes we went out to eat. 
Other times, my dad went out to dinner with his wife. Once in a while, they stayed out late, so I would sleep over on Saturday nights. I knew that the boy had recurring nightmares. It was for that reason I stayed in his room. I slept on a small couch where I fit perfectly, all 4 foot 11 inches of me. One Saturday, I was in the dining room getting a head start on my homework. By midnight, I was still on my computer killing time until I got sleepy. I went to the bathroom and left my computer there. When I came back, my laptop was shut. For a minute, I thought maybe my dad returned and he thought I forgot to close it. But in reality, nobody had arrived. I went to the boy's room and saw that he was sleeping soundly and nobody was in the other bedroom. I looked outside at the driveway and my dad's truck wasn't there. I was a little nervous, but I brushed it off and opened my laptop. Then someone started knocking. Five knocks, then five more. I got scared because it was so late. I thought it could be a burglar, but I couldn't tell where the sound was coming from. I texted my dad while I looked for the source of the noise. I finally located where it was coming from. The knocking was coming from the ceiling. I called my dad. He told me to get his stepson and for us to get in his wife's car that was parked outside. Meanwhile, they were still 15 minutes away. He told me to start the car and drive away if necessary, even if he's not home yet. So I went to get the boy. I grabbed a blanket and wrapped him in it. I told him to come with me, that there was a gas leak in the house and we had to get out. He listened to me still half asleep, but we got out of there. As we hurried through the kitchen, I told him to grab my laptop. I took the keys and we went out to the sidewalk. We got in the car and for a moment I felt like we were safe. But when I reached for my cell phone, I realized I didn't have it. So I opened the laptop. It still had some battery life, but the Wi-Fi signal didn't reach that far out. I thought of going outside and getting it close enough to the house to get a signal. Then maybe I can send a message through Facebook to my dad. But then it occurred to me he wouldn't be checking for instant messages right now. It would be easier for me to just run back inside and grab my phone from the bedroom. So I tried just that. But to my shock, there was a man that came out from the bedroom. It was dark, but I still got a good look at him. He had on a denim shirt. It was long and untucked. He came from the boy's room without seeing me. Then he went into my dad and his wife's bedroom. I ran out and locked ourselves inside the car. Not sure where my dad could be, but he's probably been calling me all worried. And I didn't have the guts to go back in the house. Luckily, he arrived just five minutes later. I told him there's someone in the house, so he went inside to look. As you can imagine, he found nobody in there. A patrol car arrived almost 40 minutes later. They searched the house, they searched the yard, they even checked the ceiling, but they didn't find anything odd. My father looked scared. He was shaking. I don't know if it was from anger or anxiety. Strangely enough, his wife seemed calm given the situation. 
The following week, I got to their house on Saturday morning. My dad and his stepson were not home. They had gone out for breakfast. His wife took this opportunity to ask me what I heard and what did I see that night. I explained what I heard and told her about the man I saw. I even described to her what he was wearing. Then she showed me something on her cell phone. From her camera roll, she scrolled to a picture of an old photograph. Was this him? She asked me. Although it wasn't denim, the man in the photo was also wearing a long, untucked shirt that fit him big. It looked like he was at a party. Standing beside him, my dad's wife. Yes, I think that's him, I answered. Don't worry, she said. That's my son's father, she told me. I've heard him before. My son hears him almost every night. He died three years ago. Around that time, he started coming to visit him. I didn't know if it was him at first until one day I got a call from my ex-mother-in-law. She told me that she had a dream about him. They were in a bedroom taking care of her grandson. She described my son's bedroom to a T, even though she's never been here. The only thing she asked of me was that if that happens, if I feel his presence, don't be afraid. She asked me not to prevent him from visiting his son. Just then, my father walked in with the boy on their breakfast. Obviously, we didn't talk about it anymore and changed the subject. Meanwhile, I was still in shock. But in a strange way, I learned to live with it. Sometimes I would hear the knocking on the ceiling again, especially when the boy and I were left by ourselves at night. I stopped babysitting him once I started college. My dad's wife recently told me that she hasn't heard him anymore. She said, maybe he realized that his son is in good hands with your father. I find it hard to talk about this experience, but for once in my life, I can say that I've seen a ghost. Why only one time? Why that night did I see him so clear? That. I don't know. I hope you found my story interesting. Back when I was a teenager, I babysat for several years. Sure, I've had some frightening things happen to me that are worth telling, but none so shocking as the incident that happened at Paco's house. Paco, by the way, is the boy that I babysat regularly for two years. That night, his dad was out of town and his mom went out with her girlfriends, so I was called to babysit him until the next morning. I often spent the night so that I didn't have to leave in the wee hours of the morning. They also paid me a lot more when I watched him overnight. That evening, Paco went to bed at 9. I was in the living room quietly reading to myself. At 11, I heard a sigh, a long, heavy sigh that echoed throughout the house. <sighs> I got up to check. For a moment, I thought there was an open window or a gas leak, I don't know. I wondered what could have made a sound like that. Then I heard little footsteps running through the long hallway. It was Paco who had woken up. 
He was crying because he had a nightmare. He described to me the horrible dream he had in which he saw a lady levitating through the house, high across the ceilings, from one corner to the other. He said she hid in the dark, then she floated to another corner at the other side of the bedroom. Of course what he said made me feel uneasy, especially being in the darkness in a house that big. I brushed it off and figured it was just a bad dream, a boy's nightmare. He tried to go back to sleep and I went back to my reading. Then Paco yelled out to me again. He would not stop screaming. His screams were so frantic, I thought he fell or broke his arm or something. I ran into his room and he was under his blankets, still really hysterical. I uncovered him and checked him over, but he wouldn't calm down. Paco said something in between his sobbing, but I couldn't understand him. I shook him. I remember shaking him pretty hard. I asked him to calm down and to tell me slowly what was the matter. He pointed behind me, toward the ceiling. He said that the lady was right there, that it was not a dream. Paco said that when he saw her, he started yelling. He said it looked like she was crawling on the ceiling. Then the ghost opened the door and she just left. I suddenly got really scared because, come to think of it, the door was indeed open when I came into his room. I stayed with him and tried to calm him down. By the time his dad got home from his trip, we had forgotten about the apparition. When his dad returned, I noticed he looked awful, as if he'd been crying for hours. It turns out that Paco's mother and her friends were in a car accident. They collided with a public transportation bus. All of them died. I stayed for several days babysitting Paco after that, and we never mentioned what he saw that night. They moved to his grandmother's house shortly afterwards. The grandma would be taking care of him from then on. Some years later, one of my cousins went to the original house where Paco lived. She was coincidentally going to babysit a boy in the same house as I did. This boy told her that there was a lady that floated along the ceiling. She scared the crap out of him and his dad, but his mother could never see her, and that they were already looking for a new house. Paco and I had never experienced anything strange in that house until that fateful night. It still bothers me to think about it. I never thought I'd be sharing a story on one of these platforms, but yet here I am and my name is Laura. I realize that us babysitters often experience strange incidents on the job, or maybe we're just more likely to tell our stories. Nevertheless, I came across your channel and I will share mine. I met Alexandra through an acquaintance of her parents. I babysat for that family throughout the year 2018. Then they moved and no longer needed me, but before they left, they recommended me on their social media. The post said, For anyone who needs a responsible young lady to babysit their children, we recommend Laura. She has our full confidence and we trust her 
with that stellar recommendation is how I arrived at Alexandra's house in February of 2019. The prettiest house I've ever worked in without a doubt. Come to think of it, the most beautiful house I'd entered up until then. On my first day, I was let in by the housekeeper. She was expecting me. The family was due to arrive shortly. As I sat down, I heard a beautiful melody being played on a piano. Just for a few seconds. Then the housekeeper entered the living room. She smiled at me nervously. Maybe because I caught her playing the piano and perhaps she was not allowed to do so. I don't know. She left me alone and I took the opportunity to walk around the house a little. The piano was in the middle of the formal living room. It was gorgeous, especially since I wasn't familiar with such an elegant instrument before. The family arrived and I settled back on the couch where they asked me to wait. The first thing the mother did was to go close the door to the piano room. It seemed like it was important to her. That's probably why the housekeeper was nervous. The mom hired me and I started working there the very next weekend. The whole family went on a trip for a few days, but then only the daughter, Alexandra, would return first. I would have to babysit her Saturday and Sunday. I found it odd, but the pay was great. The girl, we'll call her Allie for short, she was very serious, quiet, and above all, very well behaved. That whole Saturday, she didn't give me any trouble. Allie did everything I told her to. She finished her homework by noon and took the rest of the day to read. It's extremely rare for me to see that in children nowadays. Also, Allie read books that were really advanced for her age. At 8 p.m., before I could tell her, she was already in her room getting ready for bed. I asked her if she needed anything, and she replied, just a little water, but that she could go downstairs to get it. I told Allie that would not be necessary. She thanked me and put on some headphones. She plugged them into an old iPod. Remember those large ones from the first generation of iPods? I got a kick out of that. So anyway, off I went to get the water. I found myself daydreaming of what it must be like to live in a house this big. What was it like growing up here? As I poured the water, some musical notes could be heard coming from the piano room. At first I was surprised, then I got kind of mad. This girl that was so well behaved now had gone downstairs without permission instead of waiting for me to bring her the water. I approached the piano room to say something but not only was it closed, it was locked and all the lights were off. Huh? I thought maybe I heard wrong. I went upstairs to check if Allie was in her room and there she was. When I approached her, she took the headphones off and thanked me for the water. I noticed that she had the volume really high. I told her it was too loud and that she was going to hurt her ears. It helps me sleep, is all she said, and she puts the headphones back on. I found it strange, but considering the plethora of instructions her parents left me, and with exact details, there was no mention of forbidding her any headphones. It was also our first day together, so I just let her. 
I took the bedroom right next to hers. I figured I would go to sleep early too. Then some musical notes caught my attention again. I muted my cell phone. I couldn't hear anything anymore. But later, those few notes began to play again. And then they stopped. I got up and left the room. I went over near the stairs to listen more closely. But there was nothing but silence now. I was afraid of going downstairs to check, so I went back to the bedroom determined to get some sleep. After reading for a while, I got tired and my eyes started closing. I heard the musical notes again, but this time they were played more intensely. It startled me and woke me up just as I was beginning to nod off. I got up not sure what to do. The only reaction I had was to go into Allie's room and make sure she was really there. I opened the door, and there she was looking at me with wide eyes. Allie pointed to one of the drawers in her dresser. I opened it and found among other things, there was a huge pair of headphones. I took them and looked at Allie. Without saying anything else, she returned her gaze toward the ceiling. But I understood that I should use those headphones. I shut her bedroom door and went to the other room to lay down. I found a playlist on my cell phone, then I tried to fall asleep with the headphones on. I remember very well that I was half asleep when a song ended on my phone. There were a few seconds of silence. I heard the piano being played in the background. The same song was clearly being played throughout the house. Somehow, I eventually fell asleep. The next morning, I went about my day normally, just like the day before. That afternoon, Allie's parents got home around 4. Allie and her mom spoke in private for a while. Then she came to talk to me. She thanked me for babysitting and said that her daughter liked me. She went on to say that Allie had taken very well to me and asked if I can keep going regularly. I said yes, of course, and that I also like Allie very much. I failed to mention that they pay me double of what any other family has ever paid me before. The mom continued to thank me and said that it was hard to find reliable young ladies, especially since Regina left, she added. Regina babysat Allie and Anna for a long time. I replied that I would do my best to gain her trust and honestly, I can use the job. Then I thought, and I'm sure I said it out loud, uh, who is Anna? My girl, my little angel, she said. She pointed to a photograph that was behind me. In that picture, there was a girl of about 12 years of age. She was wearing a white communion dress or something of the sort. She was sitting at the piano, smiling at the camera, with her hands on the keyboard. She went to heaven last November, she added. I thought I was going to be sick. I wanted to ask so many questions, but I couldn't. I excused myself and went to the bathroom. My knees buckled when I got in there. I came out and told her I had to go. I said my family was waiting for me at home. 
I left and didn't go back. I didn't answer their calls either. Even though their phone calls were persistent the first few days, but they eventually gave up. For days ever since, even today it happened. Suddenly, I wake up at night in my own house and I'm sure that I can hear some notes from a piano. I barely knew Allie, but I feel really sorry for her for having to listen to it every night. Thank you.